Welcome to the Starting a Counseling Practice Podcast, where we bring you therapists from around the world to share their journeys of creating their successful solo and group practices so that you can learn and grow your own. I am absolutely so delighted to have Uriah Guilford here, uh, owner of a thriving group practice, as well as the owner of the productive therapist and doing a ton of things, which you'll learn about um, to share his journey of starting his solo practice, expanding into group practice, and then going beyond the couch with amazing resources for therapists. Uriah, thank you for being here. My goodness, it's such a joy to talk to you again. <laughs> Uriah and I met at a conference years ago through Twitter. Um, yes, 2011 was... <laughs> to be exact. 2011. 2011. Ages ago. <laughs> ages ago, a decade ago. Um, I was trying to figure out hashtags on Twitter um, back in the day and connected him with Uriah. We had uh, lunch or something. We were like only four people out of the, the entire conference that were even hashtagging anything, right? <laughs> yes, we were we were early adopters of the social media. Now I feel like I'm over. As everyone's adopting yeah. social media, I'm like, I'm over it. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that, that memory? I mean, I was so excited to meet you and have lunch and talk about all the nerdy things that we were into that was like not common back in that day. Yeah. And um, I remember my topic for that, um, that talk was internet marketing for therapists. And I was going to educate everybody about meta tags. And they were like, what is this? <laughs> so that was not terribly successful, but meeting you was, was a fantastic outcome. So there you go. And vice versa. <laughs> yes. All right. Awesome. Well, I always like to start with this question um, in a minute or less. Why did you decide to become a therapist? Oh, I haven't answered that question in a hot minute. Yeah. So, I mean, my answer kind of is evolving as I've now retired from being a therapist, mm -hmm. but I think um, it was a surprise career move for me. I thought I wanted to be like a teacher or a graphic designer. I was actually going in those directions. I know it's kind of different sort of paths. Yeah. Um, and then I took a counseling class, intro to counseling, and uh, it's just like the light bulbs turned on and mm -hmm. uh, it was a surprise to me, but um, I decided like, this is something that I want to pursue. And I, I saw somebody that was modeling it for me and I decided that I wanted to be exactly like this person. And I think it was honestly partially unconscious. Like a lot of us, like, I think I had a lot of things to work out in my journey to helping others. And so that that's kind of what got me going. Yeah. It was a surprise. Like a lot of the um, things in my life and career, which is not a bad thing, uh, no. but it worked out really well. Some things just get uncovered in the way that they get uncovered right? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Awesome. So, you know, you want to become a therapist. How long from the point that you're like, yes, this is my path. Oh, stop. Don't to, ask me that question. I know <laughs> this is, we're getting real old, Uriah to license practice. How long did it take you oh. to get done with school and licensure? Miranda. <laughs> it took me eight years to get through all of my, my schooling. Yeah. Yes. Um, so <laughs> once I yeah. finally finished that, I graduated in 2003 uh, with my master's in counseling mm -hmm. psychology, and then I didn't actually get my license till 2008. So yeah. I, <laughs> I took the full six years. It was a real slow burn. Let me yeah. tell you. I mean, and this was like, I'm a definitely a different person than I was back then. Um, and I had a lot of hurdles and internships that didn't really like get going fast enough. And all types of things that got in my way, but I, I finished, 
I yes. finally, you know, I finished my hours, submitted my hours, uh, passed my test the first time around and got my license in 2008. So it was a long journey, but uh, I, th- I don't think I would change it, you know? Yeah. Looking back. I think that you are actually, from all the interviews that I have done with thousands of therapists over the years, um, you are actually more the norm than oh, the exception. Yeah. Most okay. people um, do not take the two years to master's and then the two fast years track. to licensure. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. people, it's not the fast track. Our, our um, program, and it, it also depends on the state. Um, Uriah and I both happen to be in California. Um, <clears throat> depends on the state, but our, we are not set up to really support people through that process. It's not the best in the world. Yeah. And in fact, in 2021 right now, there's like, what is it? A nine or 10 month waiting period after people have finished their hours just to get approved to take the second exam. It's like an insult. It really is. I have a couple, (laughs) couple of pre-licensed therapists in my practice, one who submitted their hours like six months ago and, and have not heard back. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely a journey and a gauntlet, but, uh, yeah. I'm so glad that I got through that because everything that came after was not easy, but it was, um, has been amazing. So, and then from the point you got licensed, how long did you, until you went into private practice and what was the reason and, and, and like motivation for private practice right away, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, you were like, I've been waiting for this. (laughs) Well, and at that point I had just, my, my wife had just given birth to our second daughter. So I had two kids, a young family. And I was like, I better, I better make some money and do something here. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I started my practice the same year, 2008, which was apparently a really fantastic year to start a business. I don't know if you remember that. That's about when I started. So yeah, Recession no, it was fantastic. And all of that. Yeah. The funny <laughs> Actually, thing is no, that it was 2007 for me, but it? yeah, right in the middle. Okay. of the recession. Yeah. So you really hit, hit that in stride. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it was great. It was honestly like, didn't slow me down a bit. Did it, slow, did you feel like it slowed no. you down? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So yeah, I started in 2008 and um, pretty, pretty quickly started doing a bunch of different things, getting interested in marketing and started blogging and started a parenting newsletter. And I, I began with a focus on kids and teens. And one of the things that I did that was really helpful was I actually joined a group of therapists, sort of a consult group, but I was also renting space from one of the therapists there. And we would meet every week and um, nobody in that group saw kids or teens. So I was like, okay, boom, there you go. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. And I I mean, I had already come from several years, uh, about four or five, ended up being six years in group homes working with teenagers. So I I was already experienced and knowledgeable and kind of had a passion for that, but I just kind of slid into that and it it worked out really nicely. And I kind of, hit the ground running. I remember, I remember this so clearly. I actually sold my laptop for $750 to -hmm. fund starting my, my private practice so that I could buy business cards, pay my first month of rent and whatever else. I mean, that was basically it. Right. I think I bought a domain name, you know, and then, um, and then then you had no laptop or did you, you had a desktop computer at home or something. So I actually had a laptop given to me from the agency that I was still working at. Right. So I don't know if anybody is listening to this and knows who I am, but I'm a major like uh, tech nerd. So for me to sell my precious laptop to start my private practice, that was like, all right, this is serious. I'm doing this. Yeah. I, so I, I didn't even, I, I get, I got free business cards from Vista prints. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I spent like $12 on like, and they would give you free of all these random things. I had like things to clings for my window that I had no place for just like random stuff. 
And then um, I did uh, a thing with the place that I had done my internship and I had worked where I would pay them $15 for every hour that I worked up to $75 a month. Oh my gosh. Um, up for like a one or two nights a week or something like that. That's so <laughs> that amazing. My, so I, I started with like my budget. About bootstrapping. I think, yeah. I think it was less than a hundred bucks. So <laughs> like I can say I, profitable from month one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I will say that if you like bootstrap, you're, yeah. you, you hit a profit real quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Start, start cheap and grow slow. (laughs) So how long you had, obviously like a, a, you were doing your marketing. You also had a great referral source or referral stream. How long did you, did it take you for you to get full in the way that made sense for you and to let go of the agency job and transition fully to private practice? I'm I'm thinking back. It was, it was about a year and a half to two years Mm -hmm. before I was able to quit my agency job. See, 20, 2008 to 2011. Yeah, it was actually a little bit more than two years, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, like a lot of folks, a balancing act between like, you know, when can I really jump all, go all in and um, bet on myself, so to speak, and yeah. quit the um, the job with the paycheck. Uh, but when I did that, for sure, for sure, it worked out because I took that 10 or 15 hours, put that directly into everything I was doing. And it just, I never looked back. So, but it took awesome. me, it took me a little while um, because yeah. I was learning so many things. And honestly, like um, the resources that we have now, I'm so jealous of what clinicians have. Right. <laughs> I know. And I think, you know, I found the book, Be a, Become a Wealthy Therapist by Casey mm-hmm. Trufo. And there might've been one or two more things, but it was all just like, go find the information somewhere and figure yeah. out what to do, how to do this. Right. Yeah. I did her um, teleconference. Um, where you would like get on the phone oh, yeah. that was the thing. and do that. And I think I, I upped for three months. I, this was my other big investment. It was $59 a month or something for three months. Wow. Um, and so I did that as part of it. And I remember being on there and I'm asking questions about building a website and they're like, Oh, you just go and, you know, pay someone to do that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't have no money. <laughs> doing um it was much harder to build a website back in the, oh, in the yes. late 2010s or it was 2000s. a whole different experience yeah. uh, but my i think my first one was on uh, a free google website which they do have uh-huh. now i don't recommend it spend no. ten dollars a month guys yeah get a real website on squarespace or something else that's reputable like you can yeah. do it i'll okay. tell you one thing real, real quick yeah. so you might not know this but um at that period of time i had three jobs so I was working for the group home and I was working in my private practice. And I also took a very low paying job working for my good friend uh, who had a digital marketing company. And so um, I was doing that part-time and learning how to do social media, email marketing, learning how to build websites from scratch. So that was like invaluable, but it was, I think I got paid like, I don't know, maybe it was eight or $9 an hour. <laughs> I know, I know. But You're like, that's... but I'm getting paid to learn. It was wonderful. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) just want to throw that in there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So at what point did you decide to expand into group practice and why? So that was in 2015 and Mm -hmm. I had been consistently full and I developed a really strong niche with uh, working with teenage boys and their families. One of the very few, you know, male therapists in this area doing that work. And uh, I think I maxed out at like 27, 28 clients a couple Mm of weeks. And I was just like, zombie status, yes. you know, and, and of course wanting to grow. And, um, at this, at this point I had definitely like 
started to develop more into an entrepreneurial sort of person and um, trying to make money from making online courses and, and selling various different things online. So long story short, uh, I did not intend to start a group practice. Actually, oh. my, my goal was to just sell parenting courses to um, parents and kind of have this, uh, you know, nice streams of multiple streams of income situation where I could just work in, in Starbucks, see a couple mm-hmm. of clients and that didn't, it didn't work out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Let's no, right? talk about that for a minute, because I think this, this idea of passive income, right. Is something that's talked about all the time is like, oh my gosh, I could do this course mm-hmm. or I could write this book or I could do this thing. And like, I could just set it on my website and like, I'll just have people just purchase things for me on a day-to-day basis. And, and like, you buy a boat and you just go sailing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I get, I get motion sick. So never a boat for me. <laughs> I, was like, I, I can pick up my kid from school at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's my goal. Um, what was your experience yeah. of actually like launching courses and like your expectation versus the reality? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> so many, so many stories. <laughs> I think the, the, the two things that I didn't realize is number one, um, the parenting space is, is very full. It, it was then it still is now. So it's very difficult to get into that. I thought that my niche was enough and that I was targeted and specific enough, but I don't know if that's true. Number two, I created products and programs that I thought were clever and interesting and, and useful, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm so smart. Um, but I ended up creating multiple things that people were not ask, actually wanting. And so that, I think they call it product market fit, but I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the idea about validating an idea. Yeah. So I think that was my main downfall. Yeah. That we had the same thing when we launched our first course was Zinni Me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a how to build a website in 30 days for therapists. And it took people through in like little five minute videos, how to build their website from scratch. And we didn't even realize it at the time. It was like, also like, let's make sure your documents are uploaded so that you can easily have people sign things when they come in. And like, let's make sure you have an online payment portal. And, you know, we integrated a lot of business coaching just naturally through like, what do you write on the website? And, and here's how to do that. And then we found ourselves for this like two or $300 product spending like three hours with each person trying to get them to invest in our $300 product. Oh my goodness. And they would do it and be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We're like, okay, yeah, yeah. this is yeah. not this is not sustainable, income. not scalable. <laughs> no, this is not sustainable. <laughs> Even now with our boot camp, we were just talking about this, that people have this vision that like we only work four weeks a year. Right. And that is not the case. Like we are working this part of this podcast, like podcasts that come out almost every week of the year. We have yeah. newsletters that come out. We have two thriving free um, communities. We have monthly free trainings and CEs that so we much do good stuff. all these oh my things goodness. like, yeah, this is just happens to be our full-time job. Right. You know, right. that just, it's just a different kind of job. Um, so I, I did learn a lot from, from that, that era, if you will, yes. that I have relayed into more success, um, specifically with productive therapists in terms of the online products and programs. Yes. Yeah. So wow. it was all, it was all valuable. Um, it was crushing at times, <laughs> but it's- what that, it feels like it hurts your yeah. soul yeah. to create something and, mm-hmm. and to put in like hours or weeks or months into a product and mm-hmm. to recording it and like 
creating these great visuals and branding and all of the things to then have it like, wah, wah, yeah. you know, like what, what did so I do true. wrong? It's and so yet true. you find like, and we thought like, well, maybe our product is too expensive. And then we found when we raised our prices, we actually had more people invest and we're like, wait a minute, something's weird here, yeah. you know? And then we started the best, learning about marketing. The best thing I did uh, around that time was I created <laughs> something called Cracking the Code of Teenage Boys. So it was all of my sort of best tips for parents on how to guide their sons through that phase of life and guide them. Mm -hmm. And I actually pre-sold that. And um, that actually worked really well. And it, it also forced me to finish the course. So that's also kind of what I like to do now is, yeah. is not spend, you know, six months mm -hmm. creating something and then decide, here you go. This is look, look what I, look what I made. <laughs> yes. No, provide it, you yeah. know, sell it first, make sure people actually say, yes, this is what I want. Um, even with bootcamp, when we did that initially, we had an idea of what we were going to do. We had all the knowledge. We taught mm -hmm. all of it before and we're like, Oh, this is what we're going to sell. And then as we started selling it and I actually just on a fluke, I'd recorded a couple of videos while people were watching, were, like we're waiting for the mm -hmm. course to actually start. And I was like, oh, hey, here's something you can do today in like five minutes. And here's something you can do today. And they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Is it all going to be like this? I love how digestible these videos are. And we're like, like, oh, yes, this. yes, it is. <laughs> this is it. It's all going to be like this. So we, we immediately pivoted from, you know, hour long trainings to short five to 10 minute trainings with here's the activity and the implementation. That's great. And we were able to do that easily without mm -hmm. what have you, you know? So the story goes, <laughs> I got an, a, a call from one of my previous coworkers and she said, I I've worked at this agency for 17 years. I'm done. Can I come work mm -hmm. for you? And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Fortunately I had set up a, a corporation. I, I turned my business into an S corp. And so I was more or less somewhat prepared to do this, but honestly, I just kind of figured it out as I went. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of, um, forced me into starting a group practice, which then I discovered I, I loved and have been doing for six years now. Um, and it was such a good idea just because I was maxed out and there was a lot more teens and families, um, in our area that needed help and a lack of teen therapists. So it started with one and then it got to two and then we just kept building from there. And, I, and I've ended up loving it. It's helped me grow so much as a person, as a leader, as a therapist. Um, and I feel really good about what we've built. Awesome. So what does your group practice look like today? So we've got nine clinicians, including myself. I no longer see clients. So technically we've got eight and uh, <laughs> we've got a beautiful office space here in Santa Rosa, California. We're about an hour North of San Francisco. And it's, um, we're, we're focused on family counseling. So we do still work with a lot of teens and young adults, but we've sort of expanded because family counseling can encompass a lot of different folks, different yeah. stages of life. And we're currently going through a rebrand, actually a new name and a new everything. Yeah. Do you want to hear about that? Yeah. So I, I just named the practice Guilford family counseling. That's my last name. And that was not the best thing in the world to do, but I did it. <laughs> my name's a little bit hard to spell. Mm. And, um, over time, yes. over time, less and less people were calling for me uh, and, um, being referred specifically to me. So mm. I just decided a little while ago that it was no longer beneficial to the practice for it to be named after me. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't like to be sort of the person in the spotlight or like the, like, Oh, the founder, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's not my thing. So in any case, um, we are rebranding it to, uh, to be in tune family counseling. Mm. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's definitely going all in on a music theme. And I was going to uh, say, I know yeah. you've, you've 
I've seen your um, music spaces that you have right. done and the way you've done the the design in the space. So that like, I love the double entendre in that, you know, of like in being in tune, but being in tune and all it's that. all coming together. Yeah. The tagline, I think <laughs> you'll like this one uh, in tune family counseling where families go to find their rhythm. Ah, uh, yes. Beautiful. I love it. I had it. a copywriter help me with that one, but uh, <laughs> yeah. And then um, if you come to our space, you can see there's actual guitars hanging on the wall, record albums everywhere. All the rooms actually have names that are um, music genres. So we've got the, the hip hop room, the, the rock and roll room, the jazz room, et cetera. So it's really, yeah, it's all coming together and the team loves it. And then that um, also makes it no longer about me. And so that sets me up for other things in the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing, and I, I will not call you out in this way, but um, there there are opportunities. I've worked with therapists that have sold their practices um, or have had different transitions, right. and there are certain things we can do to really prepare for that um, and to make that really viable and to have a, a way to have what we built continue to help other people in the future long after Definitely. we are gone one way or the yeah. other. I don't know if that if I will sell my practice, but 100%, I am preparing it to be um, valuable enough to be sold, yeah. uh, whether I do or not. I think yeah. that's just a smart way to go. So yeah, yeah, I it's think, going well. I think that's the piece is that even if, when you're preparing it to sell, it's basically like you're you're taking your your baby and then creating an adult and mm -hmm. something that's independent of you, right. whether that means you're taking care of a family member or you got in a car accident for a year or you died or you retired, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. We're trying to create this like independent grown up adult Definitely. that can kind of sustain without us. Different stage um, of business growth for sure. Yeah. 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 The thing I'm most proud about, I mean, actually there's quite a few things I'm proud about with um, Guilford family counseling soon to be in tune. But uh, the, the best thing for me is that I've built out my team and I've delegated and outsourced and learned how to do that so that it actually doesn't rely on me. Yes. Um, I could literally, I don't bring in any money for this business. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously it's important that I'm involved in strategy and decision-making and hiring and those kinds of things, but, um, I could go anywhere I want for as long as I want and, and things will still keep on rocking and rolling. That's mm -hmm. the best thing. And you've created like an environment and a team where it feels good for everybody. You know, you've yeah. created something where people really want to be and they want to work there. Um, and I think that's just so powerful. And they're excited to work for an entrepreneur and somebody who, you know, sees the bigger picture as well. It makes it more fun for everybody, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That part's been a surprise to me, how much I enjoy, like, um, mm. I don't know if it's the right way to say it, but like taking care of people, creating a space mm. where they can get their needs met and also really love their work. Like that mm. is just so fulfilling for me. Um, mm. just from creating awesome office space to like adding benefits to just, um, you know, having events where we get to hang out and do fun things. I don't know. That's just been a surprise and, and a wonderful thing. I, I mean, I think that that's one of the, the pieces that we are often raised in internships and agencies and nonprofits where we are not held or taken care of. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to like replicate that experience in, in other businesses. And I think there's a lot of group practice owners that inadvertently replicate right. the, the things that didn't work in those nonprofits and agency cultures, and they just rebuild it. And so that it's not surprising to me that you as a family therapist who likes to rebuild families and help them like, see, like, here's what it looks like to function 
mm-hmm. want to create that kind of environment and create a reparative experience for Definitely. everybody involved. Yeah. Like, you just like, don't know what you don't know until you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. Okay. So tell me about the productive therapist and how that came about. Another surprise in the story. Yeah. So I had the same virtual assistant actually for five years, which for most people who don't know, uh, that's unusual, right? Yeah. That's not common. And uh, then I was in a position where I had to find somebody new. Um, and I essentially started productive therapist to solve my own problem, right? Which was mm-hmm. basically, I need part-time administrative support. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically for admin tasks and kind of intake coordinator duties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up hiring a friend um, and having them work for me and they wanted to work full-time, but I didn't have the budget to employ them full-time. And then I just started kind of paying attention and listening to my friends and colleagues and realized, oh my gosh, other people have the same need. And so I was like, Hey, Keith, do you think you could work for, you know, my friend figs over here in San Francisco? Yeah, sure. And so uh, that's kind of how it was born. And it also came out of a mastermind group that I was in with some amazing people. And I sort of pitched the idea to them. I was like, I think I'm going to start a blog to talk about productivity. I'm going to call it productive therapist. And, and maybe we'll have like virtual assistant services. And they were like, Hey, you're right. That's the thing you should do that. Uh, yeah. the virtual assistants, right? Yeah. So it just kind of happened organically and naturally over time. And then I started hiring more people and, um, realized I just loved it actually tapped into a new sort of um, bit of creativity and sort of new skills that my private practice and my group practice didn't really tap into. And uh, I've just thrived in building this business to, to be the best that it can be. It's been, I'm not going to lie. It's been super hard and I've learned a lot of painful mistakes. So I'm not, I don't want to present any kind of image that like, this is a, a cruise to, you know, passive income. Um, but I, I'm so thrilled. It's, it's been really cool. I, I actually, you, um, posted, I think it was a blog, um, or something, a post. I hope this is a public post. Stop me if it wasn't, <laughs> but you were specifically talking about how you went on vacation as like a test to see how things were going and how well things could run without you. And like Guilford family counseling just like ran without a hitch, like everything was flowing. And then like the first day of your vacation, like one of your VAs quit or something like that. And like, whatever happened (laughs) with your team and you're like trying to like, okay, how do I find the balance point of like letting this go? Like, what do I need to attend to even on vacation versus like what? And again, I don't know if this is public. Stop me if it wasn't. And I'll, we'll, we'll cut this out. No, that's (laughs) a conversation. Actually, um, the first real test was in 2018 when I took mm-hmm. my family to Europe for three weeks. And actually that was, um, an, a, a really a huge success. Mm-hmm. And I had intentionally built things up to where I could do that after reading. I think I, that was after reading the book clockwork by Mike McAllowitz, you know, and he says, mm-hmm. um, schedule a four week vacation and then design your business to like survive without you. Mm-hmm. So that actually went really, really well. And I found out that for me, not having a SIM chip in my, in my phone and being in another country is really helpful. (laughs) Either that or being deep in the wilderness, um, with a backpack, but, um, no, that actually went uh, really, really well. My, my group practice, um, got more referrals than ever before everything, you know, and then people on my team kind of depended on each other for what they needed. So that actually went super well. There was a vacation that I went on a year or two ago where we had somebody quit right in the middle and, and it was, kind of a disaster, <laughs> but, uh, and th- I mean, those things happen, right. Yeah. Um, the further you go in, in building something, 
I think the more resiliency you build just by taking some hits and, and dealing with some, some challenging things. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've had all kinds of experiences with that, but more and more vacations is, is on the menu for sure. Mm-hmm. More travel. I think that you, I love that you hit on that word resiliency that, and it's something that we build over time. And I know people ask us that a lot of like, what is the difference between therapists that make it in private practice or don't, or even people say like, well, what's the difference between people who have success stories in boot camp versus right. those who don't? What's the secret? Yeah. Like what's the secret sauce? And it always comes back to that ability to keep moving forward, that resilience mm-hmm. to keep moving forward, to even to ask for help, to say, Hey, it's not working or I'm struggling and I, I'm stuck. And I don't know why that yeah. ability to like, even see it as a problem outside of yourself and to not personalize it in such a deep way that like, oh, there's something wrong with me. It's okay. Let me, what is the lesson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might have a learning, maybe there's a skill set I need to learn, or maybe there's something I need to understand about this, but it doesn't mean that I am like intrinsically flawed. <laughs> it Those doesn't mean that points, I shouldn't right? be doing this. It doesn't mean yes. I should stop. It doesn't mean that like I made a horrible decision. It just means like, Hey, this is the learning curve of being a business owner, whatever kind of business that we have. This is the learning curve. This is the, this is the stuff. This is the grist for the middle. That's true. (laughs) The the quote is uh, you either succeed or you learn, right? (laughs) Yes. Or uh, maybe you either learn or you learn and you succeed. Like, is it an either or like it's that continual. I've always learned more from my failures, I think, or my, my missteps, you know, or, um, as somebody called it once upon a time, mistakes, not mistakes, they're mistakes. Right. Yeah. I think two things that have helped me a a lot is exactly what you said. There is sort of being adaptable, flexible, you know, willing to kind of pivot if you will. Um, and then also just constantly learning. I think that's been really, really helpful. Um, I remember one time my business coach said, you seem to take these really, these, these difficult situations really well and then move on pretty quickly. And I was like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> right. Yes. Like at some point there's not much that could shock me. You know, like I just went through a payroll tax audit here in California and that was like, holy moly, <laughs> but I earned a badge, you know, like payroll yeah. tax audit survivor. Um, yes. And so just all these things that they're just like, uh, they're, I'm adding them to my resume that I'll never need. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, I think that also gives you, it, it lets you know, right. I feel like there are, yeah. it's, it's been interesting as a, as a business coach working with people from all over. I feel like sometimes I get to earn the badge vicariously, which I, I sort of, I feel bad sometimes, but I really appreciate but it's that place of, I will often let people know well before it's going to impact them. Hey, here's what's coming down the pike. Here's what's happening here. This was the first person. Here was the second person on that on, in right, New York. That makes sense. It happened here in California. Mm-hmm. It happened in Florida. It's coming for you. Like, let's get you on track. You know, that sounds terrifying but when you say it that way, but it's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, let's get these contractors convert it over to W2 while I'm in right. Texas. Let me give you some regulations in Texas and let's talk about it. Well, you don't yeah. know because you're in California. No, no, no. Let's 
let's talk about it. Oh. And then, you know, a year later, they're like, oh, thank, thank you. You, so much. <laughs> you just saved me a lot of time and effort and maybe money. <laughs> yeah. So anyone who's listening, right? Yep. That's true. Please, please, please. Even if you are not in California and you think that the contractor versus employee thing does not impact you, it does. Um, it will. Um, it's spreading across the country. And especially right now, it feels like there's lots yeah. of audits happening um, in cities and counties, and it's a way for them to bring back revenue. There's True. also these conversations happening inside of Facebook groups where people are saying, hey, go report them, go oh. and like sue that person oh my because you're not really a contractor, you're an employee and right. you're due this. Mm -hmm. So you should mm -hmm. go and do that. Um, I feel kind of ambivalent about that particular thing of like, yeah. hey, why don't you just go talk to your employer? But that's another piece, but like, Hey, right. practice owners, like that's a good message please, to share. Please hear. For sure. <laughs> and that, honestly, that was one of the, the main things that they were looking for in this payroll tax audit was, are you misclassifying your workers? Yeah. Um, and then the second one was basically just does all your documentation line up and, and reconcile, um, for payroll. Yeah. So past yeah. the first one with flying colors. And the second one was more stressful, but it was a no change, no, um, no change, no penalty order. So they said, Hey, what you're doing is fine. <laughs> so that was great. And sometimes you don't know, like an audit is, is a legit, like a legit experience where, yeah. you know, you could learn something very, very um, important the hard way. But uh, no, I came out looking good on that one. And, so. and with one more little checkbox of like, Hey, I've got this. And, and then I talked to all my coaching clients and said, just so you know, let's make sure what you're building right now will survive any audit. Right. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I love it. I love so. it. I love it. Okay. So I know that we've been talking for a while. So what are the things and I know you've expanded even beyond VA services for the productive therapist? What are some of the other um, yeah. income streams you have coming in for that? And, and what are the lessons you're learning from those? Totally. Yeah. I'll try to make this short. I, I am so pleased though, that with productive therapists that I've developed, I think I've got six right around six uh, streams of income, which mm -hmm. feels really good in the sense that it's not entirely dependent on one source, um, which is just so helpful. Um, but we, yeah, we've expanded into a couple of different things. Uh, obviously virtual assistant services, um, is, is the core, still the core of what we do. Mm -hmm. And then I've started business coaching in the last couple of years, and that's been actually a lot of fun one-on-one and then some groups. And then I've got a couple programs that are essentially membership sites. And one is um, called a therapy intake pro, which is all, it's all about training and support for your intake coordinator. So really the mission behind a productive therapist and that kind of informs everything is that we're trying to help therapists learn how to get more done so they can have more fun. That's kind of our tagline, <laughs> <laughs> save, save you from burnout and help you really enjoy your life while still like changing the world basically. Yeah. And so therapy intake pro set is there to, uh, to help you take some training off of your plate and let somebody that's really knowledgeable about this do it. So that's been pretty fun. And I just want to say, I refer my clients to that all the time. Oh, that's um, awesome. All of my, <laughs> all of my people, Hey, here's like a very simple, easy way to yeah. get your intake coordinator trained and get the best things in place. Because I, even in our program and bootcamp, we, we train them, them, the private practice owners on creating great systems. But then at some point they have to train their, their person that they hire. Definitely. And if you can outsource that, like outsource it like yes. come on and you guys do an amazing job 
done with you is great. Done for you is sometimes better. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, whenever you're yeah. training your team members, you have to be involved. Of course, I will yeah. say that, but we've learned a lot of best practices over the last four years. And so we basically, but we built that to train our in-house folks. And then we were like, Hey, maybe other people would want this. <laughs> and it turns out it's really viable. So that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. And then I have a new program called focus club. That's all geared towards accountability and helping therapists really reach their big goals and dreams. Cause I've learned about myself over time. And also a lot of the folks that I've talked to is that a lot of us therapists have, we have tons of ideas about programs, about courses, about things we want to build. You know, you hear this all the time, right? Yes. Ambitious, inspiring therapists, which is so cool. Um, but then we get bogged down with um, day-to-day work and tasks and all kinds of things. And we don't know how to focus enough to really move those projects forward. So it's essentially an accountability program with some cool things built in, including access to our VA team for like super duper discount and um, some work sessions. It's, it's been a lot of fun enjoying that one. That's rad. Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay. So as we kind of get toward the ends of our time, yes. if you could give advice to your earlier self, um, to that person who was starting out all those years ago, um, what would be that little like nugget of wisdom that you would send back to that earlier you, um, now that you're in this wizened, wizened old place <laughs> with me? I have Greg. Can you see Greg? No, I don't. Oh my gosh. I, is, it come, I have, is it coming through? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't really see it, but mine is definitely, I've got like almost, we got some white happening here. It's called so. experience. Yes. Yeah. That is always such a good question in any context. What would you tell your, your 20 year old self or your former self? Yeah. You know, honestly, it took me a long time to really believe in myself. And, um, it, it honestly, only in the last probably three to four years did I really sort of take some of the limits off and realize that I could actually do more and succeed more and allow myself to succeed. So it would probably be impossible to relay that to my younger mm-hmm. self, but I'd probably say, Hey, read this book about five to 10 years earlier. And I would give myself a copy of the big leap by Gay Hendricks, mm-hmm. which is a book that just helped me like sort of burst through some of my upper limit barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I struggled a lot because I just didn't allow myself to be successful and really step into, um, what I could create and who I could be. So Mm. that's what, that's what it would be. I feel, I feel so much better now that I have passed through that. Right. Mm. And I mean, there's more barriers to, to, to move through more imposter syndrome. It's always something to, uh, to, to take on, but, um, yeah, I think that would be it. Oh, I love that. I love that. I could not imagine wrapping up on a better point. So check out Uriah Guilford and the productive therapist. There's no the, there's no oh. the, yeah. We took it off um, like, like the facebook.com is now facebook.com. <laughs> Sorry about that. No Uriah. worries. Yeah. Yeah. That's the place. Like, wait, productive therapist.com. Sorry, my bad. Um, check that out. Therapy Intake Pro, VA Services, the new Focus Club. So many amazing offerings out there. <sighs> if today has helped you, if you have a takeaway, go and check us out at zinnyme.com. Subscribe to our podcast. Rate us. Tell us if you loved it, you hated it, you want more Uriah, less Uriah, all that good <laughs> stuff. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, And of course we have over 10 hours of free training on all things, private practice and a vibrant community of over 15,000 therapists, completely free community um, that is not on Facebook. 
There are no weird ads or pop-ups happening. No one's taking your data. Um, come and join us at zinnime.com.